Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 40, is entitled, I Grinched and I Grouched and I Grumbled. Now that sounds like a good Thanksgiving sort of episode, doesn't it? And that is what I intend it to be. I love Thanksgiving. It's on the way. It's hard for me to imagine that we're there this year already. But yeah, we hit uh, Hallow Thankmas a while back. You know, the merchants get everything out, and pretty soon the goblins are getting run over by Santa's sleigh, and the turkey is sort of forgotten. I hate that, because Thanksgiving is such a neat time. What a great idea. And for God's people, I know we're supposed to be thankful all the time, but it really is neat to have a time when we can specifically focus on our blessings, the good things that God has done for us. And that's always true. It seems to me maybe even more true during the time of the pandemic and the various stages that we've gone through over the last 18 months or so, or a little more, I kind of quit counting. It's better now, and I'm thankful for that. One more thing to be thankful for. If you've been listening to these podcasts, you know that I've talked just a little bit about my experience and my wife's experience as we had COVID in July. She ended up in the hospital for several days. That was not a lot of fun, but we're doing great. I just was miserable during the whole thing, but we're doing good, and I'm so thankful for that. So thankful that is in the rearview mirror. I think it's a lot better than it was. I know you can hear all sorts of things, and anymore, who knows what to think exactly, but it sure seems to me that it's better. I'm glad that we're approaching Thanksgiving 2021 here, and we're not back at Thanksgiving 2020. But even in the worst of times, there are many things to be thankful for, if we think about it. I'm told that the words think and thank share the same root. There is a sermon in that. If we think, if we're thoughtful, if we look around, if we see all the good things God has done for us, even in the midst of what can be some very difficult situations, if we think, we'll be thankful. And I'm thankful for that. I need to think more. I was thinking about Thanksgiving just this morning. And you know, I think that I'm thankful a lot of the time. I started to say most of the time. That might be giving me too much credit. I try to be a thankful person. I want to be a thankful person. Maybe we should try just making a little list. I'm afraid it might be a long list. Put a blank piece of paper in your pocket, carry it around with you, and every time you find yourself grinching or grouching or griping about something, make a little tick mark and try to go on in a more thankful humor. I'm afraid, oh, I know, if you looked at my list of tick marks, it might be a lot longer than I think. I remember my dad, who was the finest man I've ever known. I say with no hint of arrogance, I did nothing to be enabled to be his son. I'm thankful for him. Mom and dad both were some amazing folks, and I did nothing to deserve the blessing that they were and are 
to me and always will be, hey, there's something to be very thankful for. But when I think of dad, I think of somebody, and this occurred to me a long time ago, who did not have a cynical bone in his body. It just wasn't there. Now, maybe the times were a little different. They were. And yet, there have always been things in this world to be unhappy about and to grinch about and to grouch about and to be cynical about. And Dad endured some opposition. He really did for some very good things that he was doing. I won't even go into all of that. Dad never would. He just didn't try to remember or hold on to that kind of thing. He did an amazing amount of good in his life. And I think one of the reasons, of course, it was the power of God and the Holy Spirit working inside him. But one of the reasons is that he never gave in to an attitude of ingratitude. And he never gave in to cynicism. I don't think a lot of cynicism and a lot of gratitude can exist in the same heart. And that worries me because I can tend to be a little bit cynical. Do you have a problem with that? I know in our society, we seem to have come down a long way with regard to civility. And so we just say anything that comes into our heads and we put it on social media. And instead of having the kind of really social togetherness that we should have, have you noticed how much club attendance, not to mention church attendance, has gone down over the last few years? We don't connect with each other face to face in as many ways as we used to. We get on social media where it's all too easy to fire off a sentence or two that shouldn't have been said or fired off. We send a text that shouldn't be sent or we just pop off. Oh, Twitter, there's a whole other thing for you. We just don't think enough. We're cynical. We say things we shouldn't say. And consequently, it's hard for us to be as thankful as we should be. I'm not sure. It's a chicken or an egg thing, I think. But, you know, if we just worked harder to be more thankful and ask God to help us with that, I think it would be a great antidote to cynicism. Maybe another antidote to cynicism would be to spend a little more time in the scriptures, focusing on the God who loves us so much that he sent his son for us, than to spend a lot of time in the news. I have to be careful about that. I, to some extent, enjoy reading the news, but then I get ticked off and I get mad and I get cynical. I feel the slant. It comes from almost every direction. The slant that the news media puts on almost everything these days. You go to a particular news organization, you watch their show, you read their stuff, and you pretty much know what kind of perspective they're coming from. And it is, whichever way it's pointed, well, it's slanted, and you can be pretty sure of that. That tends to make me cynical. Now, I should stop here. My mother would not let me get away with that. If I said, my brother Jim made me mad, she would immediately say, nobody made you mad. You chose to be mad. Nobody made you mad. Well, nobody made me cynical. But it's a temptation that I fall to all too often and allow myself to become cynical. There's a lot that will do that to you if you look around and focus on it too much. I don't know about you, and forgive me for getting a little political here, I don't feel too bad about it if I say things that make all sides mad, then I feel somewhat vindicated. I don't know about you, 
But I don't have a whole lot of use for politicians these days. They seem cowardly. They seem vindictive. They seem petty. They seem to think we're idiots and they can play us any way they want to play us. And we keep allowing ourselves to be played on both sides, in both parties. These days, the folks that I consider to be the most courageous, you can pretty much count on it, are the folks that their party is trying very hard to vote them out and to get rid of them because they don't have much room for courage or honor or integrity in their party. You've got to be careful not to show too much of it. You've got to be very politically expedient. You've got to toe the line and seem to buy things that I don't think you really buy. You have to try to do that to get along politically these days, it seems. And if you don't, well, you're going to be out on your ear pretty much. And so let me give you just a little bit of the news here. The news is that over the last several elections, our choices for president have been a blowhard, a witch, or a dotard. And you go on, you know, that sounds a little cynical. But again, if it made everybody mad, my job here is done. I just think we've got to be able to do better than that. Here's another item in the news. Recently, we have had in Glasgow, Scotland, a climate change conference. You know, we've been told that the folks solemnly assembled there to discuss the coming apocalypse failed to accomplish much. Personally, I think that's probably good. If you're a third world country, developing nation, or whatever the correct term is at this moment, and you don't want your already gasping economy to be throttled by green-tinged fingers locked around the throat, it's probably good that they didn't accomplish all that much. Now, I've got to be careful with this. I can be a little cynical about this. I don't know about you. I don't doubt that climate change is happening. I just doubt that there's a whole lot we can do about it. And I really doubt that whether we wreck the economy of a lot of the world or not is going to make a difference in the whole thing. And forgive me for the levity, but I can't help but imagine a picture of a bunch of gnats forming committees and holding solemn save the elephant meetings on a pachyderm's posterior. I doubt that the elephant would either know or care that there are gnat subcommittees on that beast's left hind quarter busy discussing flatulence, methane, and you. What's a gnat to do on Thursday last at 2 p.m.? I guess I shouldn't speak that much of gas, but I'll say this. I love the Wall Street Journal column on Tuesday, November 16, 2021, by Walter Russell Mead, in which he wrote, If there is one thing the world should take away from the Glasgow COP26 summit, it's that the most dangerous greenhouse gas emissions come from the front ends of politicians, not the back ends of cows. That is rich. I love it. It's stinky but it's rich. Now, I should stop there, right? But this is all an example of how if I spend too much time on politics, if I spend too much time focusing on the morning news or whatever, then it can put me in a poor frame of mind and it can set the course of my day towards cynicism. And you may have noticed in what I just said, I don't need any help with that. And seriously, I don't need to let Satan get me off track with that. There's so much good to focus on. There's so many blessings to focus on. I need to think about those and learn to be a lot more thankful. 
And as I give in to gratitude instead of giving in to cynicism, I begin to realize that God is in control and I'm not. And realizing that God loves me, that God wants the best for me, that God has never forsaken his people, well, I know who the real king is, and I know to be thankful to him and to notice what he's doing. Sure, there's a lot wrong, there's a lot frustrating, but there is a lot of good out there too. There's a lot of joy. It may be filtered in many ways. One day we'll see our Lord and we'll catch a vision of joy unfiltered forever. I can't wait for that. C.S. Lewis says that joy is the serious business of heaven. Wow. You know, there are lots of things that go wrong here. This is a fallen world. But yes, there are still so many reflections of the joy of God that we can see right here if we just open our eyes and look. Hey, just take a look into the eyes of your five-year-old giggling granddaughter. If you don't have one of those, oh, you really should. If you look into those eyes, you'll see beautiful reflections of God's joy. And it's available in so many places if we just look and if we think and if we're thankful. Speaking of thinking, you know, I wax poetic about once a decade or so, and sometimes it sort of works out, and other times it's a little bit weird. Here's a little bit weird one that I wrote a good while back. I tell you, I'm thankful for toilet paper this year. So far, there has not been a run on toilet paper. During COVID, who would have thought it? I wrote a poem about it. I think I've shared this with you before on this podcast, but I can't help it. I'm tempted and I'm falling to the temptation right here. And then in just a bit, I'll share a poem with you of a thanksgiving sort of nature. Ode to TP. I think that I shall never see a role so lovely as thee. Too soon gone, to be sure. Too little loved. Now you're rolled off, wiped off, too soon flushed off. Oh, the indignity of COVID-19. Had thou, oh, Corona V, but spared our nation's derriere, methinks ye could hardly be one sheet short of scarier. But on, ineluctably we unroll, undefeatable, yea, verily, enthroned porcelainarily, High but not dry and well nigh indeshatsheetable, we sit pondering that which is sadly depletable. Oh, TP, weep we. Oh, dear TP. Yeah, you need to forgive me for that. That was a poem that just popped somehow into my head, and my brother, one of them, told me, who is older and wiser, you sure had too much time on your hands that week. Hard to argue with that. But occasionally, I'll wax poetic. And again, in just a moment, I'm going to do one that might have a little bit more to do with Thanksgiving. First of all, a little bit of an ad and a very little bit of an ad. I've shared with you that recently we finished the recording of a new album, Almost Home. And I hope that's what the album does. I hope the music there just takes you almost home. That's where we're going at Thanksgiving. I hope a lot of us were headed home. It's a good place, I hope. It is for us. I hope it is for you. It's a good time, and I'm looking forward to that. If you like some music that takes you to a good place, whether you had a really good place called home yourself, or whether you're looking forward to that most amazing place of all, God's home, 
then this album has some songs that I think you'll find encouraging. And I think you'll find them to be really beautiful, if I don't say so myself. My job was not to mess it up. The guys who played did such a good job. The singers who sang behind me, the singer, my daughter-in-law, Amy, who sang with me. Oh, such a great time and such a great time of blessing making that album. And I'd love to share it with you. I've got other albums that are available. In fact, Christmas is coming up. One of the albums is entitled One Christmas Night. And all I'll tell you right now is if you just go to the website, you can find out a lot more about those albums. By the way, One Christmas Night has some beautiful songs that I would call sacred. It has some beautiful carols there that I think you'll really enjoy. It also has some of the really fun stuff, like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas and some things like that. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, that sort of thing. I think you might really enjoy it. We sure had fun making that one, too. And there are a couple of other albums over there and some other things that you might enjoy. And there's a good bit of free stuff there. If you want to go take a look at it and take a little bit of a listen, I think you really will have some fun there and some enjoyment. And you can hear lots of samples and read lots of stuff. And there's just some good things there. www.curtisshelburn.com No space between Curtis and Shelburne. And Shelburne has an E on it. Just take a look, take a listen, and I appreciate it. Oh, hey, did I mention that Christmas is coming? I think I did. But you know, you might get yourself the gift of a little bit of music. It won't hurt to get yourself a gift to help you really enjoy even more about this great season. It might be that you need some gifts, some stocking stuffers, some gifts of music for some other people in your life. I would love to help answer that need. Enough of that, but yeah, Christmas is coming. Might keep that in mind as you go to the website. I sure would appreciate it. And now, let's focus on faith. As I said, once a decade or so, I wax poetic. This poem that I'm about to read for you is pretty bad itself, I guess I have to admit. It's not as bad as the one on TP, but it's kind of bad. I'm not sure it even counts as poetry, although these days I'm not sure what counts as poetry. I still am such an old fossil that I mostly like poems that rhyme, and I don't have an easy time understanding some of the others and why you would even call it poetry, but that's another thing from a Grinchy English major of an old school sort. He's the same guy that wrote this poem, this bad poem. This bad poem is entitled The Grouchy Grinchy Grumble, and it is by the author of the same description, the author who is presently under my hat recording this. Maybe it'll have a little bit, though, to do with Thanksgiving, or what can happen if we refuse to be thankful. I grinched, and I grouched, and I grumbled. I gulped down gallons of gall. I chomped, and I chewed, and I almost cherished the poisonous remembrance of offenses, large and small. I grinched, and I grouched, and I grumbled. I rehearsed all manner of slights and bites, both real and imagined puffed up and writ large, and I pray thee be kind, for after all, who hasn't? But still I grinched, and I grouched, and I grumbled. 
I sucked persimmons, poor pitiful me, of all the wrongs and none of the rights done in this sour, sour world to me, so pitifully. I grinched and I grouched and I grumbled. I turned my eyes inward and beheld incessantly, o'er and o'er, round and round, all the bad breaks and all the heartaches so wickedly dealt to me. I grinched and I grouched and I grumbled. My mouth turned south, my spirit twisted, and my joy shriveled, and the evil, wicked, unfair, bad, sad world became enthroned, bedecked, and crowned king internally in me. I grinched and I grouched and I grumbled until I saw what was happening to me. Clear to others, now to me, soon all to be left with me would be a grinch, a grouch, and a grumble. Yes, I'd been grinching and grouching and grumbling, but as I cast my gaze toward the Almighty, away from me, the great physician doled out beautifully one powerful prescription, just praise me. I pray thee, dear reader, please see that the grinch and the grouch and the grumble in me are quite likely also the grinch and the grouch and the grumble residing in thee. Trouble we have indeed in this dark world, but be of good cheer, says the Almighty, I have overcome the world. Stop, lest you become just a grinch and a grouch and a grumble. Stop, God says, and just praise me. I told you it wasn't a great poem. Wordsworth or Blake, I'm not. But that last line of my bad poem is a pretty good prescription. It's not mine. It's God's. Let's praise him this Thanksgiving. Let's praise him all the year long. Let's give thanks to the God who loves us so much that he sent for us into this world his Son. Happy Thanksgiving to you. May it be a great time for you and yours. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? I sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.